Brothers and sisters, today we celebrate the Lord's epiphany, the manifestation of his light, glory, and presence to all the nations. This was represented by the wise men that came from afar. The epiphany is a first and foremost a feast of God's actions. God wanted to reveal himself and the mystery of his love to us. So he came into the world and he became one of us. God wanted to reveal to us who we are in his eyes and to invite us to follow him on a path of love, his kind of love, until we return with him to heaven. Today is also a feast of our human response to God's action. In the wise men, we see the transformation that occurs when one truly embraces the Lord. So let's focus on the human side of this feast for a moment and what it means for each of us. First, how can any one of us not be filled with wonder about these wise men? They were wise not just because they were at the Galileos of their time, but because they were searching for God. Their hunger for him was so strong that they could detect his coming presence in the appearance of a bright star. And well before the invention of compasses and GPS systems, the ancients knew that God had created the heavens and that he filled it with the stars to give us direction. Whenever anything new happened in the sky, like the appearance of a comet, a meteor shower, or a newly or brightly burning star, they thought that it contained a message from God. They may have also been influenced by the prophecies of the Sibyls, an ancient Near Eastern prophetess, who foretold that one day there would be a universal king whose birth would be announced by a sign in the heavens. So when they saw the star, they, were viewed, they viewed it as a fulfillment of these prophecies. Now, it wasn't enough for them to merely know that a universal king was being born, but they wanted to be with him. They wanted to worship him, and they were willing to go through any sacrifice to do so. So they began the preparation for the journey to search for him. St. Matthew's Gospel does not tell us exactly where they came from or how long their journey took. All we know is that they came from the east, which meant that they came from or through the desert. This was by no means an easy journey or even a short one. So based on Herod's killing of all the children under two, when the wise men returned, failed to return to him, it's very likely that their journey took about 18 months. So they must have sacrificed a lot of their time. They also must have sacrificed much of their fortunes, given up the work that they were doing before they left on their journey. They also had expenses through this journey, especially in the most lavish of gifts that they brought to give to the newborn king. So when they finally arrived, they gave him more than gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave themselves when they fell down before Jesus to pay him homage. St. Matthew tells us that they were overjoyed. But for them, Christ was the pearl of great price, the treasure buried in a field 
worth selling all that they had to obtain it. Jesus made the whole journey, all their sacrifices, and all their preparations worth it. When it came time to leave, they were probably in no rush to do so because they had been changed forever. Said Matthew uses this expression, they went home by another route, which the early saints interpreted as leaving different than they had come before. They came in search of a king, and they found not just the king, but their creator, their Lord, and their God. And that changed everything for them that day. On this great day, we not only recall who the wise men were and what they did, we look to them as examples preserved for us in the Gospels, so that we, in imitating them, might become the wise men and women of our own day. The truth is that a star still burns for us to see. It's the flicker of the candles by our tabernacle here at the altar. It points to the presence of Christ, the same Jesus who was held in Mary's arms and laid in a manger, now becomes present in the hands of the priest and is later placed in the tabernacle. We don't have to cross deserts on foot or on camels to get to him. We don't have to give up days, weeks, months, or even years to encounter our Lord. He is here with us today. It's the same Jesus who the wise men met over 2,000 years ago. So today, with the help and example of the wise men, we need to look to how we would prepare for this encounter with the same newborn king. We have to look at our desire for God, and we have to search for him. We need to look at what we give to him when we come before him. And we need to look at how we've changed when we leave. Our encounter with him is even greater than the wise men's. They encountered him only on the outside through their eyes, but we encounter him on the inside through Holy Communion. This morning, I would like to highlight something that we can apply from what we've learned from the Magi. First, in preparing to meet Christ, to discern how much we truly hunger for God. The wise men searched the heavens, ready to leave their old ways behind and to travel to another place. But are we willing to truly change our old ways and follow God? <clears throat> and second, are we willing to search the scriptures and pray regularly? Through our prayer and in the re reading of the scriptures, we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us. And our love for Jesus and a desire to do the will of the Father in our lives will grow more than we could possibly imagine. We should encourage one another to follow the star of the tabernacle and to pray and meditate before the blessed sacrament, which should work into everyone's schedule if you really wanted to. So commit today to fit it into your schedule once a week in our chapel. We should fulfill the, with faith and love the duties of our state and life. And also, we're called to seek Christ in the people that we meet every single day and to make all the occasions of our life encounters with our Christ. We should also live out the call of the gospel, which is to love God 
and our neighbor, especially the poor and the vulnerable. And we are to repent daily for our sin and regularly receive the sacrament of repentance. And like the wise men, we're called to leave behind whatever keeps us from encountering the Lord, foremost among which is sin. Sin undermines and weakens our communion, not only with the Blessed Trinity, but also with one another. Each night before we go to bed, we should make an examination of our conscience and an act of genuine contrition. We should try to frequently go to confession because it will increase our hunger for growth and holiness. <clears throat> Excuse me. And lastly, one practical tip I would encourage you to do as you leave Mass today, and that is to reflect on what you've heard today. As you're in the car or walking home, talk about the readings and the homily with the members of your family. Pass on to others what the Holy Spirit whispered to you just now as you heard it. Apply them more concretely into your lives. What are the seeds God has just planted into the soil of your hearts? The simple fact is that the Mass is Christ's continual epiphany. God is calling us, you and me, to be wise men and women. Let us show God our love for him by staying with him until the last note that is sung. Let us not be in a hurry to leave after receiving communion without having stopped on bended knee to give him thanks for, the com for coming into this world and filling our hearts with his love, his mercy, and his grace. If we can do our part and stay just one hour with him, he will give us all the help that he knows that we need to fulfill this mission. God bless you all.